Father, what a joy it is to be among your pure remnant in Christ. May we not be confused by the divide and conquer tactics of those who despise your people. Those who wish to further confuse and conquer with the attractiveness and deception of the taste of their leaven. Strengthen us, Lord, in times of lamentation as we resist. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, today we're in the 36th chapter of Genesis. And twice we read about Esau being associated with Edom. In other words, the Edomites that we will read about throughout the Old Testament. Verse 1, now these are the generations of Esau who is Edom. Then in verse 8, thus dwelt Esau in Mount Seir. Esau is Edom. Now it seems that the so-called black Hebrew Israelites preach that the Edomites are white people and that the Lord hates them in reference to Romans chapter 9 and verse 13. As it is written, Jacob have I loved, but Esau have I hated. Well, this all sounds good on the surface, but it's just deceptive. Leaven may be attractive to the black community, some within the black community who are easily deceived by this type of theology and ideology, but it's false. So is the ideology that flows from a Jewish lady by the name of Barbara Lerner Spector, who was a founding director of Paedia Stockholm. And she states that the Jewish people will be resented because of their lead in causing mass immigration and multiculturalism. So on one point, the only probably good aspect that these Hebrew Israelites had was that they resisted this type of uh, mass immigration and multiculturalism. It's just that they take it to an extreme of racism. And we know who the race baiters are. But listen to Barbara in this clip. Pass, and that Jews have an important role to play in a country undergoing profound change. I think there's a resurgence of anti-Semitism because at this point in time, Europe has not yet learned how to be multicultural. And I think we're going to be part of the throes of that of that transformation, which must take place. Europe is not going to be the monolithic uh, uh, societies that they once were in the last century. Jews are going to be at the center of that. It's a huge transformation for Europe to make. They are now going into a multicultural mode, and Jews will be resented because of our leading role. So here we see that the leading role of the Jewish people or these Jewish supremacists are clearly made known. It's not, it's not hidden. It's not denied. And this will be further evidenced with this rabbi's clip, which I'll play here in a second. But this, all of this becomes a large-scale Esau to marry into the Canaanites for the purpose of dividing and conquering. These are clear divide-and-conquer tactics with the end state of further securing Jewish supremacism. Listen to the rabbi. Things that have been planned for a while. At the end of days, you're going to need the 
iron of Esav, which represents Edom, which is the West, Europe, and the Americas, to get intermixed with Ishmael, which is basically Arabs and, and Muslims. How in the world was this ever going to happen if not for this refugee crisis? At the end of days, you're going to have this intermixing between Esav, Edom, which is the West, and the East, which is the Muslims and the, um, and, and the Arabs, making this through this influx into the world. And they're going to have children, you know, I don't want to say about the dozens, but they're going to have a far larger birth rate than the indigenous people there, and they're going to sort of conquer by number. And there are many different sources for this. Um, one of them in uh, Hezrel, chapter 14, and many other sources as far as this is concerned, where it's mentioned very, very um, vividly what will happen to the Jews and what will happen to Yerushalayim and what will happen to the world at that time, where there will be many, many people killed and so on and so forth. So the idea of having these refugees come into Europe, it's no longer a matter of whether it's right or wrong. It's just simply fulfillment of what it was meant to be all along. This is the fulfillment of the Rehazan and the prophecies. This has to happen, and this is just another sign that we are nearing, you know, the completion of the sequence of the entire world. So as you can see, I have no interest in Jewish supremacism. I have no interest in black Hebrew supremacism. I only have interest in Christ supremacy. And that is which pertains to the remnant, the unleavened remnant. I am not interest, interested in the leaven of these supremacies outside of Christ. This leaven in doctrine and tradition, which are tied together, are of no use to Christ. So here we see that there is a bread that looks good to the eye and it tastes good to the tongue. It appeals to the senses, our feelings. But it's in a distorted, inflated manner that robs the soul. It attempts to no longer recognize the unleavened form of the remnant, which I believe is a great title for today's episode, Unleavened Remnant. As we read in Mark chapter 8, verses 14 through 21 today, now the disciples had forgotten to take bread Neither had they in the ship with them more than one loaf. And he charged them, saying, Take heed, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and of the leaven of Herod. And they reasoned among themselves, saying, It is because we have no bread. I find it interesting. I read some commentary on where Herod is believed to be of the Edomite Jews. I do find that interesting. And I do want to explore this topic of Edomites because it's heavily talked about on the internet and there's a lot of different directions it goes in. Many of those directions not in the direction of Christ. Verse 16, And they reasoned among themselves, saying, It is because we have no bread. And when Jesus knew it, he saith unto them, Why reason you? Because you have no bread. Perceive you not yet, neither understand, have your heart yet hardened? Having eyes you see not, and having ears hear not, and do not remember? When I break five loaves among five thousand, how many baskets full of fragments took you up? They say unto him, Twelve. And when the seven among four thousand, how many baskets full of fragments took you up? 
And they said, Seven. And he said unto them, How is it that you do not understand? And it's a lack of understanding which brings all the confusion that we have today that diverts us from this unleavened remnant to a multicultural leavened state of confusion. And that is exactly where they want. Among all of this leaven and heathen multiculturalism and even the religious establishment, there is a remnant. And that is why we read in Amos 9, chapter 11, verse 12, In that day will I raise up the tabernacle of David that has fallen and close up the breaches thereof, and I will raise up his ruins, and I will build it as in the days of old, that they may possess the remnant of Edom and of all the heathen which are called by my name. Saith the Lord that doeth this. And see, this is where the Lord's concerned is. He's concerned with this unleavened remnant that is throughout the world, throughout all people. This is why I could say, shove that racism where the capital S-O-N and S-U-N do not shine. Torba in a Gab post, had mentioned an energy shift yesterday in his post, which strikes me just a little bit strange because my question is, what type of energy are we speaking of here? That which is unleavened or that which is leavened? Because unless it is Christ energy, it is antichrist energy, period. Antichrist energy fueled by the leaven of the Pharisees and more. He says, can you feel the energy shift? The momentum is building. 2022 is our year. Whose year, my brother? And I'm not sure that a Canadian truck revolt is this energy. Remember, anything that is celebrated by the satanic media that is covered incessantly on a mass proportion is usually some sort of false flag to get some sinister legislation passed such as gun restriction laws and now even kill switches to be installed in vehicles. All I know is this, my friends. Jesus defies all of this. He defies even the religious establishment by healing a man, a blind man with spit. Even after the same religious establishment wants to snipe him and dime him out for his disciples, not washing their hands. What a slap in the face. Christ is the authority. He is the king. And then they attempt to foolishly beat up our God and king, our Lord and Savior, the Son of God. And then we read in verse 27 through 30, And Jesus went out and his disciples into the towns of Caesarea Philippi. And by the way, He asked his disciples, saying to them, Whom do men say that I am? And they answered, John the Baptist, but some say Elias and others, one of the prophets. And he said unto them, But who say you that I am? And Peter answered and said unto him, Thou art the Christ. And he charged them that they should tell no man of him. And here we are today with so many that attempt to correct the Lord. Instead of preaching his unleavened, pure name, holy name that we are now commanded to. Verse 32 to 33, and he spake 
that saying openly, and Peter took him and began to rebuke him. But when he had turned about and looked on his disciples, he rebuked Peter, saying, Get thee behind me, Satan, for thou savest not the things that be of God, but the things that be of men. Because he did not understand the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ our Lord. He thought he knew better than Christ. And it's when you think that you know better than the King of Kings that your thoughts become leavened. They are no longer unleavened and they need to the rebuke from the leaven of the Lord. Now, thankfully, Peter obviously repented. He took his licking and he kept on ticking, but others not so much. Instead of repenting, they become prideful and they just move on to idols. Aaron Magro on Gab makes a good reply to the recent heroization and welcome of Kyle Rittenhouse to Gab. He says, nah, I'm good. Don't, don't know why I'd follow a teenager because he shot and killed some thugs trying to kill him. We're really starting to make our own idols of worship and internet clout. He's a young man who doesn't need grown men watching his every move on the internet. Just as I don't care what David Hogg has to say, I don't care what this youth has to say as it pertains to the matters at hand today. Listen, you, you can make heroes, you can make your idols, all those within multicultural Edom. But as for me, my concern is among the remnant. This is where my concern lies because this is where the Lord's concern lies. Verse 34 through 38, And when he had called the people unto him with his disciples also, he said unto them, Whosoever will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. But whosoever shall lose his life for my sake and the gospels the same shall save it. For what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Whosoever therefore shall be ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation of him also shall the Son of Man be ashamed when he cometh in the glory of his Father and with his holy angels. So you want to talk about an energy shift? This is where I find an energy shift, my friends. Those who deny themselves and take up their cross for the glory of Christ. This is what the remnant does. The unleavened remnant. A remnant that at many times laments and sometimes even falls in a deep state of depression over the circumstances of this life. It may even curse the day that they were ever born. But it's a remnant that will endure to the end by faith. A remnant that will never curse God. We read about the lamentation and depression of Job today. Who would not curse God? But he did curse the very day he was born. At a moment and in time. Of his affliction. Job 3.1. After this. Opened Job his mouth. And cursed his day. But now we know all of this. Would later change. But it does not diminish the fact. That it had occurred. And it does not diminish the, the fact. That some days. We too lament. 
We too get depressed by the circumstances of life. But we are overcomers in Christ. And we overcome by the unleavened word of God. That is not steeped down with the traditions and the mockery and the doctrines of men that contradict its unleavened state and proclamation. The question then becomes, my friends, are you following that which is leavened or that which is unleavened? Psalm 36, the transgression of the wicked say within my heart, there is no fear of God before his eyes. For he flattereth himself in his own eyes until his iniquity be found to be hateful. The words of his mouth are iniquity and deceit. He hath left off to be wise and to do good. He deviseth mischief upon his bed. He setteth himself in a way that is not good. He abhorreth not evil. Thy mercy, O Lord, is in the heavens. And thy faithfulness reacheth out unto the clouds. Thy righteousness is like the great mountains. Thy judgments are a great deep. O Lord, thou preservest man and beast. How excellent is thy loving kindness, O God. Therefore the children of men put their trust under the shadow of thy wings. They shall be abundantly satisfied with the fatness of thy house. And thou shalt make them drink of the river of thy pleasures. For with thee is the foundation of life in thy light. Shall we see light? O continue thy loving kindness unto them that know thee, and thy righteousness to the upright in heart. Let not the foot of pride come against me. Let not the hand of the wicked remove me. There are the workers of iniquity fallen. They are cast down and shall not be able to rise. I pray that this episode of Gospel was a blessing to you. And if you would like to become a team member of this Christ work, simply pray. Pray that God would use this podcast mightily for his glory. Share the episodes wherever you can and support with a subscription if you're able to do so. We are in this together, Christ friends. Keep up the good fight.